In marketing, we want to know what strategy is going to get me to results most quickly. We care about the tools, the techniques that are winning today, but one thing we miss out on is not just the strategy to get me that result, but what is the best way to work with my team around me to get results quickly, efficiently, and with the most productive manner. It's about working smarter, not harder. On today's episode, we bring on a manufacturer who is bringing in lean and agile methodologies into their marketing team to accelerate the results. We get an insider's view into how a marketing team has been built around data and efficiency to create autonomy with their team to drive at KPIs. It's an awesome episode. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. All right, everybody, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, and we have a great show planned for you today. We've got Christina Damson Spina, who is the VP of Marketing at Indo. Christina, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So I'm really excited about today's episode because we're going to be talking about how to get more agile with our marketing and sales. But before we dive into that, maybe you can just give our listeners a little bit of background into your role at Endo and how you ended up in building products, and then we'll dive into the episode. Sure. So I started my career in theatrical design and production. I did stage management and electrics. But I was living in San Francisco and was in the startup community with all of these developers and saw that there was this huge gap in project management within that industry. Like I kept on hearing complaints about how their project managers were handling things and I just wanted to jump in and get involved. So at that point, I wanted to transition to a startup business and I found Indo, which was this perfect combination of a company that did sustainability, was a startup, and got into really the building material industry at that time. That's really interesting. Most people go, like their story is something like, I was in construction, or my family was in construction, or somehow I got recruited in this. You saw it from a different perspective. Like you saw it from the perspective of, hey, I want to work with somebody in sustainability. I want some sort of upstart slash entrepreneurial kind of mindset. And it just so happened that that was in building materials. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. That's really unique. So tell me what you do at Indo. What, what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Well, I'm the VP of marketing. We run our marketing in-house. As we've expanded, there's been a few consultants that we work with to help support the work that we do. But I help orchestrate all of our digital campaigns, work on our various campaign strategies. And I also run our marketing automation program. And who do you primarily target? Like who is your ideal customer? Is it a builder? Is it an architect? Is it a combo of both? Talk me through like who do you typically market to? Yeah. So to go back for a minute to what Indo is, this is an interior window insert that fits within your existing window frames. And it's used for retrofitting the existing window for energy efficiency and noise reduction. So because of that, we largely target older homes, but the noise reduction component has really been opening up the age of home construction to even more newer homes. But for the most part, we target single owner occupied with commercial being a secondary target of ours. Oh, interesting. So you are you targeting the actual homeowner? Like, are you going direct to them? Is that right? Like you say, hey, these parts of these neighborhoods in this part of the U.S., 
definitely needs our product. So it's like, is, is it, and forgive me if I'm overstepping here, but is it like, is it super, super targeted in your outreach and your marketing? Like, you know exactly who you're going after. Yeah, it is very targeted. Audience segmentation has been super key for us. And we go direct to consumer, but we also have a dealer network. But the interesting part about that is we actually market for our dealers. So that doesn't really change what our targeting is. We're not looking to you know, just do B2B marketing. The core of what we do is all focused on B2C. And have you always been that way? Have you always been you know, direct to consumer? We started our dealer program around 2012, and that's when I started with the company. I was in charge of expanding the dealer program. And we did that, but then found an opportunity to go direct-to-consumer with a self-measurement program that we didn't think was originally possible when we started the company and developed a laser measurement method that needed training And that's why the dealer program was established. But down the line, we figured out ways to work around that and work directly with our consumers, which was great because dealers are still important to us. But there's so many rural areas across the country that it was difficult for us to scale and get newer companies signed on to be dealers and trained at a quick enough rate. See, I think that's really fascinating because a lot of the manufacturers we talk to would love to be in your position in the sense that like you are going directly to the end homeowner or the end user. Now you have a good dealer network to help support that. I know we want to talk about marketing agile sales. Like I'm like want to dive into that, but I think what you're doing is fascinating. Can you talk to me a little bit before we go there? Talk to me a little bit about how are you segmenting your audience? Like how are you saying, okay, we know that this type of homeowner is like the perfect ideal fit. Like, are you launching Facebook ads? Are you doing geofencing? Like, how are you actually getting in front of these people to make sure that you're getting the most out of your ad dollars and your marketing spend? Mm -hmm. So I think if you're trying to make a customer-centered product and approach, you need to focus on what the needs of the customers are. And that really starts with their pain points. So that's where our segmentation really begins. And if you go to our website, you'll see clearly that we have it divided in between like thermal discomfort, the noise discomfort, or light control. And we continue to increase those segmentations the more we learn about our customers. And that's kind of how our marketing goes too. We have different layers in our funnel that go deeper into each of those segmentations the more they interact with us. We do that across Google Ads, Facebook, SEO, and other content. Google Ads is definitely our number one medium. And you're also using a layer of automation in there as well. What what platform are you using? We use Pardot. Pardot, do you like it? Yeah, we were one of the first companies to sign on with them after the acquisition from Salesforce. Oh, so you've been with them for a while. Yeah, so I've been working in that platform since 2013 and have been managing it myself since then. You have some history in that platform. Yeah. <laughs> That's like an, when you get in there, it's probably like an old friend. You, you can see back all the campaigns you built. That's really neat. Yeah. So one thing we were talking about offline in preparation for today's podcast was just hearing a little bit about how you guys run your marketing. One thing that you mentioned you're passionate about at the beginning of this interview was that you love project management. You like the idea of being lean and agile. Maybe we can take a quick step back for our listeners and just, if you can help me define, like how do you define agile versus lean or agile versus waterfall? Give me a 30,000 foot view and then we can dive into how are you actually applying that to your business? 
Yeah, so lean, let's start with that since it's what we're familiar with, is about eliminating waste, being efficient, concentrating on individuals and continuous improvement. And agile is really based on those same things. But lean uses a lot of techniques that are based in a physical reality, like in the manufacturing floor. But agile is more on the development side. It's more about creating a product that isn't tangible like lean is. And so when you start getting into how that's implemented is where they start diverging. But really in its core philosophies, it's based on those same founding principles of just improving what you're creating and the processes that you're building around that. So we've got developers on our team at Venvio. And so agile is something we're, we're pretty familiar with and we use quite often. You're also using it within your overall marketing structure and your sales structure a bit too. Is that right? Yes. Uh Talk me, talk me through what does that look like on a daily basis? Like, are you saying, okay, we're going to look at these KPIs every two weeks. And then depending upon that, we're going to pivot. Like, what does that look like tangibly? Can you kind of paint that picture for me? Sure. On annual basis, we as a marketing department want to construct what we want to achieve. And I think that we've done a pretty good job in breaking that down on a monthly basis to a core monthly goal and KPIs associated with that. And those goals are constructed based on seasonality, but they're loose because when you're working with an agile system, you want to make sure that you have a plan that you're adaptive to the things that are happening as you're doing the work. So then on a weekly basis, we operate in something called a sprint. So a sprint is a tool that you can use within Agile that sets a time-bound goal for you to launch a particular product. In development, it's really straightforward. It would probably be like code that you're shipping to become a feature within a larger component. When it's within sales and marketing, it might be a looser goal or an achievement that you want to have with either completing a project you guys are all doing in tandem or completing some sort of more abstract goal of what you're trying to achieve to get to maybe your monthly goal. So we've been able to construct these sprints that break down particular tasks within your teams. And then you leave it to them to manage how they prioritize what happens within that sprint. So it sounds like a lot of structure and kind of rigidness with these goals and time-bound areas to accomplish things in, but it really just provides this loose framework for you to allow your teams to go through their work, understand what's working and what's not, and then feed that back into how you can plan your next sprint so you can do it more accurately and more specific to the goal that you're trying to achieve. I'm glad you hit on that point about the rigidity of it because it might feel like, man, there's so much structure in this, but from my firsthand experience with it is that it's actually less structure. You're almost giving your team the autonomy to say, hey, here's what we're gonna do in the next week. Here's our KPIs and goals for the month. How you accomplish that, it's on you but you're accountable to that. And this is my question for you is like, have you ever run into a situation where like this concept is almost so foreign to people? Because it sounds great in concept, but when you actually get down to it and rubber meets the road, do you people that like, like their brain can't compute or they're like, they're pushing up against this idea and say, I've never done this before in this type of environment. Have you you ever run in that before? And if so, how did you overcome that? 
Yeah. So when I first brought the concept to the team, I only had one person that was familiar with agile project management. And she was using Trello, which is a card-based system. So she had kind of a Kanban workflow. So when she heard about this, she was excited, but everyone else had no idea. And they actually previously weren't really working with a project management structure within the department. So it was super foreign to them. And they trusted me. I had already had that advantage of, of gaining that portion of the relationship. So they were open to trying things, but they were really, really skeptical. But what has come out of it is everyone absolutely loves the program. Like a year after it was implemented, we were doing annual reviews and the person who was the most skeptical about it actually said that that was his favorite thing that we had achieved in the last year. Oh, that's cool. And I think it's because it involves so much collaboration It sounds like it's this rigid micromanaging process when you first hear of it, but as soon as you start going into it, you realize that you can't move forward without understanding everyone's inputs and giving everyone a voice within that. So once they start to see that materialize, they really see that this is a huge advantage for them because you're trying to enable them to be able to contribute their opinions and run the company really and the department in a way that they see is best in their professional opinion. Can you share with us maybe a story of when you're either implementing or in the last year or two where you got a result that maybe you would not have gotten if you were not using this methodology? Because I think that at the end of the day, like that's what people want. They want to be able to work more efficiently, yes. But you know, if I'm thinking from a high-level marketing and sales standpoint, I also care about KPIs and results. And a big advantage of Agile is the fact that you use data to influence decision-making at a more rapid pace. Can you share with me a story that your team has encountered or, or a result that you've gotten from using this methodology? So the first one that came to mind is an experiment I did with them when we were first starting. And a lot of what Agile involves is workflows, So I've talked about a loose workflow, which is Scrum, but once you start getting into the technical management of JIRA, you can actually systematize a lot of your processes. So it goes through automation. I mentioned automation when it comes to like email and communication and marketing with your customers, but you can actually create automations within your team. Many of us are familiar with that through the use of Salesforce or other CRMs where you might automate tasks to yourself for your customers, but you can do that within project management with tools like Jira. So I wanted to start getting them used to this concept and showed them a map that I created on a whiteboard of a particular project where we could experiment with workflows. And we said, we're just going to do this one day event where we try and launch a big product by the end of the day. And it would show how two people would need to collaborate. And then once they finish, it would go to something else. But there would be simultaneous projects happening at the same time with other groups that were not tied up. And through that process, they really discovered how even though it seemed like this overbearing structure, as soon as they went into the system and started moving through, these automations began to occur and everything started moving in a rhythm that they really got used to. 
as a result of that, we were able to construct what became our plan for project managing a new website. And that was over the course of 11 weeks and was essentially the same process, but on a really complex level and a much larger time period. And through that one day project, we were able to find out issues in what the theorized strategy would be between how one task might be completed and then move to the next. And people also called out what they really liked about it. And we developed a framework for general rules for communication. That was really cool. And to be more specific on that point, I think when people are starting to collaborate in a new way on a project, they want to make sure that everyone has a voice but there's also an understanding that you still need to get some work done. And with a lot of agile techniques, when you're working in Scrum, you'll kind of create some ground rules for how to make sure that at a meeting, everyone contributes correctly. So we were able to establish that through this project. So things like making sure that everyone has an opportunity to speak. And if it's not being done in that way, like people should raise their hands and like involve someone else. And that we would have feedback at the end of each meeting to ask just for a moment, how did this meeting go? Do you feel like everyone contributed? As that was the established priority we set for ensuring that everyone did have a voice throughout the whole process. That's really interesting. And so Clearly, this is helping you create efficiencies, right, within your team. Could you apply like a number? Like, I, I guess like that's what I want to know. Like, is there like a number percentage you say, hey, we're X percent more efficient? Like, are you benchmarking that or you just you just know intrinsically you are because your team feels that as well? I know by the amount of work that we're getting done, I can say the volume of work that we're accomplishing. It's hard to say before and after because mm-hmm. I have You've always all done of it. Our, <laughs> right. Well, or I have all of our tracking since we've used it, but I don't have as specific tracking before. So it's hard to say that percent increase. But what we can do now is measure up what is our actual results on project time versus the goals that we set forward as a company. So for example, if we want to focus on post-purchase engagement to drive up customer lifetime value, and that's a core initiative of the company, I can then go look at how our project workload is panning out. And if I see that 40% of our time is spent on top of funnel conversions, then we're not really achieving that core goal. So there's really easy ways to look at how that reality is playing out in your resources within your department. And that's an incredibly important thing to track. And I think that it's something that a lot of companies don't. They just measure it by project completion. But there is more ways to monitor your team's performance without it feeling like you're asking too much reporting and logging up their time. You mentioned this minute ago, but like even the pace and rhythm in your team, like you're creating autonomy, but at the same time, you're, you're giving them pace and rhythm to feel like, okay, I'm, I'm tracking, you know, appropriately at the right KPIs and the right sprint. And I think that in and of itself helps produce the best quality work because people don't feel rushed. 
Now, maybe that doesn't mean you don't push hard, but there is the right cadence in your organization to create results and get work done and get it out the door, which I think is, is super, super valuable. Because in marketing, we're always like, hey, what strategy is really going to work? Or like, what tactic is going to do this? And oftentimes, we don't take a step back and say, what's the best way to actually do that work? Like the best way to create the right team and structure to make that happen. So I think that's that's really, really fascinating. Christian, I would love to know, I mean, it sounds like you're like so deep in this and for somebody who maybe has just hearing about this or wants to find ways to be more agile, like what resources do you recommend? And like, what are you reading and what would you tell somebody to go and either download or read or go to a website? What resources do you recommend for them? Can I actually first mention that when I was first getting into agile, it was because of our director of operations. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. His name was Rich Radford, a really talented individual. And the work that he did on the production floor was so inspiring to me. Just the way that he managed his team, the way that he brought efficiency to everything that they do. And he got people involved in understanding what the KPIs were, having different levels, doing reporting, and just following lean practices kind of to a model. And I saw that and I thought, why are sales and marketing not doing this? Mm -hmm. It seems so strange that, especially in building materials, we work through these wonderful efficiencies that for decades now, more and more companies have been following and identify with it being incredibly efficient way to operate your business. But yet in sales and marketing, we don't have the same performance rhythms yet, particularly in marketing, our goal is to develop a really large volume of content. We become a production factory in that aspect. So that dissonance in between this factory floor out there that has this extreme organization and the marketing department that only has this light project management just didn't fit right with me. So I worked really closely with him and understanding what lean is as a starting point. Like if you have not read the goal, make sure and do that. I think understanding lean where agile came from is a prerequisite to really get started with an agile to get more specific into it. And then looking at just the agile manifesto, it's 68 words. It's not going to take you long. So <laughs> I think you can handle that one in a coffee break. And there's tons of resources and communities out there that help talk about how they apply it in real world scenarios. And that's key. It can't just be a book that you read about Agile. It has to be just jumping in and trying some things because the core principle of Agile is that you make it work for you, that you don't follow some template and that you work with your team to develop a process that's truly unique to what you guys are identifying as something that can be implemented within the restrictions of your resources, your team, and the way that you communicate and work together. I love that story. I think that's so cool because that, like when we were planning for this episode, talking via email, like you mentioned agile and marketing and sales. I was like, oh my gosh, we have to talk about that. Because as you mentioned, like a lot of manufacturers, they bring lean into their organization from a manufacturing standpoint, because it's a necessity. But how do you take the same success there and bring that into your marketing and sales, which I think is, is super valuable. But Christina, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think this has been awesome and incredibly insightful. If someone wants to get in contact with you or connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? 
On LinkedIn, Christina Damshin Spina, pretty sure there's not a lot of those. You're the only one. I I actually just looked before we got on the show, I was like, I was getting your LinkedIn profile for the write up. I was like, oh, you're the only one, and I'm not surprised. That's cool. Yeah, I love starting conversations with people. I actually was listening to this podcast, and Mike Fodi was on, and I connected with him on LinkedIn, and we said, let's have a call and exchange ideas. And that's exactly what we should be doing. There's no reason why different companies should be working against one another within building performance. Like, let's be talking about how we can improve, particularly within sales and marketing. I think that this is an exciting stage in our development where we're trying to figure out how we can make our processes more efficient and create this production facility within our own departments. That's cool. I mean, that's frankly exactly why we do this podcast too. It's like, how can we bring more people like yourself who've got this expertise to the rest of the industry? So I just, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. I think it's awesome. And we'll make sure we, we link to your LinkedIn in the show notes as well, in case somebody you know can't find it, even though you're the only one out there. <laughs> but again, thank you so much for coming on the show. And if you want more great content like this, go to venvio.com slash podcast. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams. Thanks everybody. You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikola. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit venvio.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.